You've heard the headlines. Get some perspective now with Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Good morning and happy Friday to you. Let's go ahead and jump right into the show with the latest ruling from the Arizona Supreme Court on embryos. The lead. Yeah, rarely do we start a show off talking this way, Bruce. But today it's important because an Arizona woman cannot use her frozen embryos to have a baby because her ex-husband doesn't want her to. And the state Supreme Court decided it goes against the contract the two signed at the fertility clinic. Now, this whole situation has been playing out in the courts for years. A few months ago, the state court of appeals decided her right to have a child was more important than her ex-husband's right not to become a father. Yesterday, the state Supreme Court ruled against that. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And and you you think about this. I remember when this originally happened, we talked about, correct me if I'm wrong, you will, Pamela, how people who wrote laws in the way, way back time couldn't possibly have kind of imagined some of this (laughs) stuff. Like The reason it goes to the Supreme Court is because... Guys with powdered wigs back in the day couldn't couldn't envision having to create a law for this. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that wasn't a thing, you know? Uh and so we are we are finding out now because I, I think there was an it's an interesting legal argument. Okay, so what happened is this couple decided to, to freeze some embryos because she was gonna be going through some aggressive cancer treatment. Okay. And At the fertility clinic, they signed an agreement that the embryos could not be used to create pregnancy without the expressed written consent of both parties if the couple split up. Okay. Well, the couple split up. Um, Yeah, what a shock. Which it seems as though, well, this would be, you know, a, a foregone conclusion that you couldn't use them. Well, she sued. And he actually won the first trial. Okay. Saying, no, you know what, um, her right to have ch- or her, her, her desire to have children does not trump his right to not be a dad. OK. 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 She appealed. Mm-hmm. She didn't like that decision. No. And she actually won. Uh-huh. The 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 appeals court said, you know what? No, that um, she is, can use the the embryos if they're viable and that um He's going to be a dad. Well, obviously, he didn't like that. So that went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled yesterday that she cannot use the embryos, and they have to be donated. Basically, didn't they refer back to the original contract, I guess? It it sounds so clinical when you're talking about an embryo. But here's the interesting thing about all of this, and and I bet that most people listening right now are unaware of this. In 2018, there was a state law that was passed with her case in mind. And it requires courts to give the viable embryos from divorced couples to the parent who wants a child going forward. So we now have a state law that would have prevented in Arizona that would have given her the embryos because she wants the child and she could have a baby with him. But it did that that law in Arizona does include some interesting provisions kind of acknowledging the other side. It releases the dad in this case from any financial obligations for the child. 
Now, financial obligations are financial one thing. Financial obligations are one thing. There's but another idea. You, have a, a, you a, have a child. Walking around out there with a woman who you are not in a relationship with anymore, and you signed a document at the fertility clinic right. saying you didn't want this, which, okay, so in essence, what I think the Supreme Court did was saying, you signed this contract yeah. before this law was in, this law was in right. place, which now begs the question, now that this law is in place, if you go to a fertility clinic with your husband or yeah. your wife, yeah. right, and you think that you, you're going to be married forever, and I hope you do, um, going through infertility is, is gut-wrenching. I have had several friends that have been in this situation, Can't and imagine. it is absolutely gut-wrenching. And, and you both check the box. Right. Saying that, nope, we both need to decide to use these embryos moving both forward if we're going to use them. And if we both don't agree, then they're donated. Got it. Is that now just, you know, a moot point? Is right. that Does just Arizona state law now mean that that box you check, as you say, Pamela, at the fertility clinic is irrelevant? And I think that, like, people need to be aware of that. I would I would venture to say I would hope that if this is your situation, if you are struggling to have a child and you're going down this path, which is very expensive. And like I said, very, it is, is heart wrenching. It is so difficult for couples and they're trying desperately to, to have a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, you, yes, honey, we agree that you know, we're going to use this together. But life happens, unfortunately. It does. And are you, I mean, does that change anything for people? I don't know. I think that if you really want a child and you're married right now, you're going to, you know, check whatever box you need to do in order to make that happen. But what you see here is that there are legal ramifications for this. You know what? Um, KTIR legal analyst Monica Lindstrom chimed in on this, uh, this case here recently. Here's what she had to say about that. The contract was clear. If they could not agree on one of them getting the embryos, then they had to be donated. The reason why this became complicated was because it dealt with the embryos and not something insignificant. Yeah, but that contract, again, was signed prior to this 2018 law, which then for me begs the question, what happens now? Because they appear to be in conflict with one another, to say the least. Yeah, exactly. I I think it's difficult. And I think that there is a certain amount of, of empathy or sympathy that you would have for couples that are going through this to a certain ex- extent. I... I'm going to side with the Supreme Court in this case. I'm not a fan of the Arizona law. I, I, I like with you. the Supreme Court's decision, which is if both parties don't agree to move forward, we don't move forward because the idea of one, and, and it's not always going to be the woman, maybe it's the man in yeah. this case, will Sophia move Vergara, forward. Sophia Vergara, remember yeah. that? That was a situation remember? where she had embryos with her, I think it was Whatever her then husband yeah. at the time. Um, they... Had up. a divorce, and he wanted he wanted the embryos, you know, to, to have her baby. Right? It's it's, it's weird. To me. It's, it's Just think about that. He wanted to, to have me. her baby without, without her. her. Like, but I mean, that's in uh, essence what's happening here. Yeah. And it, it gets back to the agreement, right? That these two, you could have checked a different box that would have given one or the other the option in the right? event of. But, but I think when you're sitting in that office, I'm gonna I'm oh, gonna sure. play this out. And you are uh, a, a couple trying to have a child, start a family. You're never going to check the box. Oh, by the way, when and if we break up. No, I get it. Right? I, I totally get it's it. Not, it's not part of your thought process. 
But I'm wondering if given the high profile nature of this case, that more couples aren't going to be having that very uncomfortable conversation. Or just invite me in the room. The cynic in the room will go, listen, let's be honest. This isn't going to last forever. Let's Don't invite him in the room. No, no. Come on. Let's just look at odds. Let's just play the odds. Okay. I think, but I mean, like, as far as the Arizona law is concerned that changed in 2018, I am super uncomfortable forcing someone to become a parent against their wishes. Agreed. Uh, Male or female. Now, and when you're a parent, I mean, like, you are the biological parent. Just because you don't have your release to financial obligations doesn't mean that there is a human being with your DNA walking around that you didn't want here. And I know that that sounds super harsh, but that's the reality of the situation. And what does that mean for that child? So I... Uh, this is not the same situation. But I've mentioned before that I had a friend who asked if I would be the donor because she just wanted to have a baby. I would have nothing to do with the child. No the, financial nothing whatsoever. And I was not okay with that. And why was that? Because I didn't like the idea of there being a child on this planet walk around that I was the father that I had nothing to do with. Yeah. I, I felt... I felt very uncomfortable with that. I get it. Okay, so I'm not the only one. Hey, every once in a while, I have like this little burst of, uh, <laughs> you know, humanity in me. You know, every once oh, in a while. On. It happens more than you every like to show. I know you. So I know you. We just finished this whole uh, 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 South Mountain Freeway Loop 202 project. The I-10 out in the West Valley is finally, we got all the lanes going, right? Well... Are you ready for I-10 to become a disaster again? We're going to explain to you about what might be called the most disruptive freeway project ever. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Um, so on the just for fun thing, and this ought to tell you the level of fun that I'm prepared for, Pamela. Okay, this should be rich. I recently drove clean to the other side of town just so I could drive the new 202. You did not. I did it. Do you not have nothing better to do? Nothing better time? to do. 22 miles, by the way, it is. Did you get ice cream? No, there's nothing along the way. I want to assure you of that. That I, I drove down. did like a Sunday drive. That's so funny. Okay, so I drove down I-10 south, <laughs> and I exited what used to be Pecos Road, and is now the 202 South Mountain Freeway, and I took it all the way around to the West Valley, where it meets back up again, right around 59th Avenue. Oh, I-10. wow. It was riveting. It's it was riveting. exciting. Well, I used to live out in All White Tukey. I know you did. And so I wanted to see kind of how this new freeway uh, 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 would have impacted where I lived. By the way, I'd be in favor of it. I could get to work a lot quicker. Okay, but let me ask you this. Why? Why did you leave? What do you call it? All, uh, all white tukey. Okay. Out there. All white tukey. I lived at 17th Avenue and Pecos Road. I Why? lived in the Avs. Oh, wow. Okay. Why'd you leave? Oh my God. It took forever and a day to get anywhere. Okay. Um, and I couldn't, and, and, and because this is prior to the 202, obviously, I had to take I-10. Mm-hmm. Get on at Pecos Road, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Go up, go through the Broadway Broadway curve, curve, go past the airport, everything. And I could never predict how long it would take because one person with a flat tire at I-10 and Warner could add an hour to my trip. Oh, preach, brother. (laughs) You know what I I speak. Yeah, because I drive through that Broadway curve. Having said all of that, now that we finally got the freeways working like a well-oiled machine, 
We're about to dig them up again. Yeah, and I might be renting a room at uh, Bruce's house <laughs> while this is all going on. Right across this, the uh, th- This Interstate 10 Broadway Curve project is still about a year away. Okay. And folks, if you drive, if you drive, if are you, you ready? Okay, if you, if you drive, okay, let's say in, in the, the East Valley, like the Southeast Valley, you know, with the, the 202... Yeah. Uh, that would be Santan. Okay, the 202 yeah. and the, the 10. Okay, where that starts right there. Yeah, yeah, I know, right there. Chandler and area. And right. head north. Okay, yeah. Go past the 60. Okay, right there. Through the Arizona Broadway Mills curve. Mall. All right, right. Go past the 143. The airport and right out there. to the I-17. Where the, it meets the I-17. Okay. Yeah, I know if that. If you drive any of that. Which is 90% of you. Buckle your safety belt. Yeah. I didn't know about this. No, you didn't. I did. No. no. And you don't know about this either. How about this, folks? What is going to be going on here is the first freeway reconstruction within the urban core is what they call oh, this. So uh, what we're talking about, <laughs> did you know they're going to be building five bridges? Well, because, <laughs> well, that's because they the, the bridges that currently cross no, but roads like, and or the, the, the Salt River. What, but think about this. Building five bridges. Five bridges. The first toll road, collector road, yeah. if you will, uh, so people can bypass the main line. Uh-huh. That's going to... But isn't that what the 202 was supposed to be? Anyway. No, no, because in that Broadway curve that I drive every single day and that you used to drive, used to, there are anymore. some 300 cars that go through that each day. 300,000, 300, excuse me. 300,000 cars that go through that each day. Yeah. Can you imagine no. the mess no. that this is going to well, be? Well, here's the thing. There's a ripple effect, too. And you know this. Those of you out in the West Valley know that when one freeway, when one artery gets constricted, it loses a lane. It loses two lanes. There's cones and all this. People start looking for other ways. So don't think the 101 isn't going to be affected from people oh, that yeah. divert and go that direction. So all of a sudden, all the traffic patterns change. And here's what I think it is good news for. You ready? There is there's, one good news. Pers- there's one person that's excited about this. Hmm. Detour Dan. Because <laughs> Detour Dan is going to be uh, uh, busy. He is going to be a busy, busy man every single morning. And after as people try to navigate, basically, I-10... From the 17, clear down to Chandler, going under construction. Yeah, now the, the, there's 11 miles that we talked about there from like the split, you know, the, the 17 and the 10 all the way down till the 10 and the 202 Santan. But most of the work is going to be centered around, again, that Broadway curve from the State Route 143 and the I-10. Uh, that's where the bridges are, are going to be built. That's where you're going to have, again, the first toll road. I think that that's big news for folks. Yeah, that's going to be toll. eastbound at the 143 to baseline and westbound from baseline to the 143 and 40th Street. Um, and we, we're not used to that. Long, yeah. No, it doesn't. We're not used to that around here. But you've got about 4,000 people that work in and around that area. So, like, for me, coming in from Gilbert, yeah, I can use the 101. And the 101 a, is going to be bogged down. Right, but you can um, still go that way. I don't have to go there. But What about you, the airport? I don't have to go that way to go to the but airport. But my point is, a, a lot of people... <laughs> I'm only worried about me, man. Right, 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 right. It's all a, about a, a, me. <laughs> a lot of people, if you live in the South Valley, or you, you, that's the only way you can get there. But here's, here's, here's the, the, the caveat. hope I'm using that word right. Just go with it. Um, this doesn't start until next year okay so you have time to move you have yeah, time to you have time to sell to your home exactly. you have time to move closer to work oh, because man. they're expecting this project to last 
three years. Okay, can we just hope, though, that, that, that they're I'm able ma- to do this due to this, what they did to the South Mountain Project, where they finished it, like, years in advance? Can we just hope, just please, maybe? What do you maybe think just, the odds are that? Because no. keep in mind, the no. South Mountain Project, they were just paving out in the middle of the desert. They weren't blowing things up and redoing things. Nobody Building, was there to reroute. No. Right? They didn't have to reroute exactly. anybody. There was nothing out there. You had to reroute oh, a few coyotes man. away from things. Yeah, from the split, the I-17 and the 10 in the West Valley, all the way to the 10 and the 202 I'm never going to the Arizona Mills Mall again. Sorry, folks. I hate to break it. I'm never going to go. Get my AZ Mills in now. Really? I'm going to get it in now because starting in 2021, I'm not going to be able to get anywhere near it. Oh, my God. The most disruptive freeway project in Phoenix history. Congratulations. It's coming your way. Yay! So... Have you heard about the coronavirus? Maybe that's what we start with. And if you have heard about it, how concerned are you? I will admit this outbreak, this disease feels different than other ones. And I'll tell you why. It has a lot to do with how China is reacting to it. We're digging into that coming up next on Arizona's news station. Arizona's news station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. You know, I'm always looking for new shows to watch. Pamela, I try to keep up uh, with things. And um, I like documentaries. I'm, I'm kind of a fan of that, uh, you know. And I thought, th- th- by the way, in hindsight, this was not a good idea. <laughs> I thought. I know where you're going here. That with all the talk of this coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That there is a new Netflix series, which, by the way, it, it appears to be com- completely coincidental that it came out. And uh, a, uh, the the documentary series is called Pandemic, How to Prevent an Outbreak. Can I just say, <laughs> I should not have started watching this last night because I am I don't think I'm an alarmist. I don't think I am uh, um, a conspiracy theorist of any sort. Count me as concerned about the coronavirus. Here's a little bit from the uh, the Netflix series Pandemic. Take a listen. It's not a matter of if, but when. A new strain of bird flu. This is definitely one of the most lethal influenza viruses that we have seen so far. It just takes one person to start an outbreak. It will leave its mark. The result would be hundreds of millions of people that would likely die. Yeah, I'm not watching that. Yeah, so, so totally not so, watching that By the that way, right this now. has nothing to do with the coronavirus. This is a documentary filmed over the last couple of years, and it got into that bird flu, the different different ones. But now... But does this feel different? Does the well, the reaction, does the news about the coronavirus make you feel different about it? Because count me as one that says yes. Well, I, I've been sick without the coronavirus, let me that? be clear, for the last two days. So it's a story that I've seen the headlines kind of pop up on, um, but I haven't been following it too closely until like this morning. We've had some discussions. I mean, we have the second American who has now had a confirmed case of the coronavirus. The first one was a guy in the state of Washington who had traveled to China. Mm-hmm. Another this morning we find out was uh, a, a person in the state of Illinois. Who, who had traveled to China as well. Sure, exactly. So we now have two cases Wuhan, here. Wuhan. There you go. It's all effect. Um, and so, so, so what's happening here? China 
China's pretty much on lockdown right now. All but two provinces in China now have cases. Pretty much the whole province of Hubei, which of course is the epicenter, is now in lockdown. That means all airports, roads, uh, railway stations, buses and ports. That's around 30 million people okay. effectively grounded. There's a, there's a lot of different numbers here, okay. but let, let's go with the 30 million they say that are effectively grounded. So again, no public transportation, no buses, planes, no trains, planes. buses, there's, ferries, okay. what, bridges what that, are closed. To put that into perspective, mm-hmm. th- that would mean like here in the United States, yeah. that would be the entire population of Florida. Oh, okay. Arizona. Hold on. And Nebraska. We're still counting. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 would get you roughly 30 million or just to make it easier on you, pretty much the entire population of Canada yeah. cannot fly, travel, leave. They're they're in essence quarantined. Exactly. In this this state, they call them provinces, but it's of Hubei. Um, they've canceled the Chinese New Year celebrations for this weekend. People are being told to stay in their homes. Can you imagine, though? Can just play this out for me? If we were to have something happen on a similar scale, if we said Florida is closed, Arizona's closed, Nebraska's closed, we've closed all the roads into and out of from other states, the airports, there are no planes, trains, buses, nothing like that. The roads, bridges are closed. Stay in your homes. Can you imagine what the reaction would be in the United States? I don't even want to. I'll be honest with you. I don't even want to entertain But that's why it feels different to me. What did they know that we don't know? Well, you know, here, here, here's the good thing. Okay, me being the, the, uh, the optimist. The optimist. That's uh, not me. Um, at least in this case, China's being transparent. Because there have been other situations like SARS outbreak, which I'm sure is part of the pandemic uh, series that you're watching yep, right yep, now yep, on Netflix. Yep. They weren't transparent with information. They, they were not sharing and, yeah. that with others. And it got worse but, because of it. Right, exactly. But because they have, and they've done it so quickly, we've been able to find out that the disease has been detected in Nepal, Vietnam, Singapore, Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, Thailand, and the United States. Travelers who had all visited China. Now, when you talk about like kind of like closing places down, think about this. You've told people to stay in their homes. Right. Which means where are you going to get food? Because the people that would work at the markets or at the stores aren't going to work. So there's a food supply problem that's going on right now. Well, you can't bring because this this disease specifically was transmitted through animals. There's a concern about bringing food into the province itself and or are animals in the province infected in some way, shape or form. The other aspect about this that is super freaky to me is there's a shortage of beds now. I mean, when you're looking at about 800 people who have confirmed illnesses, uh, but you got a lot of people who are, you know, worried and, and suspect. And so they're going to the hospitals. And so the hospitals are full. There are stories of people that have gone to three different hospitals and they've been turned away because there aren't any beds. And so they're going home Mm. where you have elderly or young kids hoping, praying that they're not spreading the disease. They can't get face masks. They can't get cold medicine. Hospitals are asking for donations of surgical masks. And and I think therein lies one of the, the concerns that even if you say, okay. We can control and we can deal with on some level the the healthcare system 
can be overwhelmed relatively quickly if a large number of people suspect that they have something because anybody who walks through the front door and you think might have it has to be treated as if they do. But a lot of them aren't getting treated. That's that's my point. And they're, they're being turned away turned because away. everybody is thinking that every cough or sneeze might be the virus. And I get that. But, you know, to, to, to not be too much of an alarmist, okay, because then. I do want I to am. bring some level of sanity back to this conversation from what we've been able to understand so far. And I will tell you, these numbers are changing quickly. But what we've been able to tell so far is that there have been 830 cases of this coronavirus so far. There have been 26 deaths. Now, not to make light of any one of those deaths, but this is not a death sentence. Fair. Why are they reacting the way they're reacting? Because it it is spreading so quickly. You've had more than a half a dozen yeah. cases in the last 24 hours, and the the confirmed cases have jumped more than than 200. So I. A presidential candidate was confronted by a dad. A dad who I think has a pretty solid argument. Yes, he does. We'll talk about what Elizabeth Warren heard, Senator Warren heard, and how she reacted to it. We'll be talking about that coming up next on Arizona's News Station. Arizona's news station, KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. They used to call it like a, a, a meet and greet or a, a, you walk the line, the handshake line. I think it's now called a selfie line. Oh, jeez. Politicians, especially those running for president right now, um, stand there and people come up one at a time, hold their phone, take a selfie of, uh, of the two of them, uh, immediately post it to Instagram and move on. But Elizabeth Warren... Um, Senator Elizabeth Warren, who's running for president as a D, was in one of those lines the other day, right? And people are coming up, you know, one at a time. All right, check this out. She's in Iowa, where apparently they all hang out. And the following exchange happened. Yeah, and this exchange is one that uh, I could see myself having with Senator Warren. A guy steps up, Mm -hmm. and he's got his daughter there with her. And he says, my daughter is in school. I saved all my money just to pay student loans. Am I going to have to pay for people who didn't save money? Elizabeth Warren goes, of course. In essence, she goes, am I going to get my money back for paying for her school? And she goes, of course not. You're not going to get your money back. So you're going to pay for people who didn't save any money. And the rest of us is going to, are going to get screwed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's her plan. Um, yeah. Again, Elizabeth Warren has has stated uh, that, uh, quote, um, on her first day as president, if she was elected, she would cancel existing student loan debt for 42 million Americans. Yeah. So I'm this dad who is currently sacrificing and putting money away for my daughter's college education. We're not driving around in the new cars. We're not going on the lavish vacations. Now, we're doing just fine. Don't get me wrong. But we have decided that this is a priority for our daughter. And I know that we're fortunate to be able to sock that money away. This dad had to work two or three jobs in order to do that for his kid. Mm -hmm. This dad talks about how his neighbor went out and bought the new car and went on the vacations. And so are his kids going to get free education when 
he didn't do it the right way. This dad did it the right way, did it the way that we're told to do it. And so our reward for this is to get screwed. Yeah. When she goes, of course, you're not going to get your money back. This is why Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, to me, are dangerous. I think it sets a very negative precedent because what this, in essence, does is it tells the parents out there that have saved the money, don't use it. Tell the kids to get student loans. Hope, Hope and pray that, you know what, if somebody like this were to get into office, that, you know what, you're not going to waste your money. You did the right thing, but don't waste your money because uh, the government's going to save you. Yeah, I don't think this plays well. It does not. Um, and and I, I get that it plays well in the fringes of the D's. I, I get that. Believe me, I, I posted this and there's plenty of people that think it's a great idea on the Twitter machine. Uh, and they're all for it. Why? Be- because it's free money from the government. I understand. Hey, you want to hand but, out but, free but, money? It's it. not free. Well, it comes I know from that. somewhere. They don't know that. As evidenced by the fact we have a record uh, deficit and debt and nobody cares. People don't understand that. Somebody's going to pay for it eventually. The reality is I don't think this plays well with the maybes. I don't think this plays well no. with the people in the middle no. who are swayable and who are looking for a presidential candidate and who probably, quote, played by the rules in well, some I way, mean, shape, that, or that's, form. That's the thing. That's the thing. So here you have a dad who did it the right way, who sacrificed, saved the money, and helped pay off his daughter's student loans. And then other families who are not doing it the right way get a free meal ticket? That is not the American way. He did it the right way. He shouldn't be screwed. But here's how Elizabeth Warren responds to the comments from the dad. Take a listen to this, Bruce. We build a future going forward by making it better. By that same logic, what would we have done? Not started Social Security because we didn't start it last week for you or last month for you? I I hate that argument. I absolutely hate that argument because what that is, it is it is telegraphing the punch. And I think it is setting a very dangerous precedent for kids going into college now or going into college in the next few years that take out massive loans. Don't worry about how you're going to pay for them, but take them out because you know what? The government is eventually going to take care of that for you. And that's not the right way because that money comes from us. Are students taking on too much debt? Yes, because they're going to schools they can't afford. I mean, in essence, you if you can't afford a school, don't go. There are such things as community colleges out there. And I know that that's not a popular way of thinking, but if you want a higher education, there are ways to go about doing it without getting hundreds of thousands of dollars of student loan debt. Now, I, I, I do want to say, because I, I, I think consistency is important. Somebody else having their student loan debt forgiven doesn't negatively impact you. Okay, is somebody else getting something? The the issue is though that the money that goes to forgiving all these debts. Well, now that's my money. I don't care if you get something and I don't, but it doesn't cost me anything. I care once it costs me something. Well, it costs me if I pay for it and I don't get it for free. That does, in fact, cost me. But again, that doesn't hurt. That's that, hurts my, that, that hurts my pocketbook. Yeah. Of course it does. I, I see it a little differently. But again, it, it's my money that's going to go to forgive debt, and I have an issue with that. I don't think it's a winning subject for Elizabeth Warren. A massive drug bust in Phoenix. Does it show that the demand for illegal drugs is still sky high? We'll talk about it next.